What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Life with Julie podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because I have my friend and OG squad member, Sarah Moore, joining us to chat all things WBFF comp prep, placing in her second ever show, as well as building habits and so much more. Hello, Sarah. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. I am so excited. Congratulations on getting second in your second ever WBFF competition. Whoa. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. Yeah, I bet. It's our first time catching up properly like on call since your competition. So I feel like we have a lot to recap. I honestly don't even know where to start since the last time you're on the podcast, but I guess let's start off with how the show went, how your prep went leading up to it and how you feel post comp I mean that's a lot to cover but start where you are yeah yeah 100% um so it was a bit of a different prep obviously we had four months between the April show and the Sydney show um so I actually just did a bit of a post around like the timeline on that and how that looked um we definitely didn't try to maintain my stage lean physique from the April show we went straight into like an intensive um recovery or reverse diet increased calories pretty quickly. So spent around a month doing that, went into a really intense glute and hamstring optimization program. And then I think I spent about a month eating in a surplus. So we did gain a bit of body fat and then spent nine weeks cutting again. So it was a really intensive sort of short process. Um, The cut was still pretty moderate. So I was losing about 500 grams per week. Um, for nine weeks, which is, you know, I'd say pretty, pretty standard and achievable. Um, and it was, I'd say a little bit harder than the first prep just because, you know, my metabolism was affected doing two back-to-back preps. Um, but I'd say the motivation was higher the second prep. I sort of knew what to expect. So I felt a bit more comfortable, um, posing and everything like that was at a better place to start with. So it was just fine tuning that, um, and then, yeah, I just went into the show feeling so confident and so happy with the improvements that I made. And I think that um, really shone through on stage as well. Yeah, I mean, the judges obviously noticed it as well, which is awesome. So going from one show straight into the next show, what was your reason for choosing to do one show and then the next one, you know, only four months later? Yeah, so the day after the April Gold Coast show, um, I was sort of reflecting and talking to Ali, my coach, um, and I absolutely loved being on stage. So I definitely wanted to get back up there. We sort of assessed how the first prep was, um, where I was sitting in terms of, you know, relationship with food and things like that, um, which remained really good throughout the prep. You know, I was feeling really good the day after the show. Um, and also just like in terms of life, I was in a a good place to do another show. So we decided to do another show that year, um, you know, like financially, um, I could do it in a good stable relationship. My job was great, everything like that. So it kind of, um, helped me convince myself to do another show. Um, so we thought we could either do Sydney in August, which I thought was super close, um the Gold Coast show in October or the New Zealand show in November um Ali convinced me that I would be able to make the improvements that I needed to for the Sydney show and I think um just saving costs on you know accommodation and travel and things like that really appealed to me since it was a local show for me 
And also I thought I'd get FOMO if I didn't do it. <laughs> so I decided to do the Sydney show. Um, so that Monday after the show, we went straight into my new training program, um, which was super intense. But I was, like I said before, just so motivated to make those improvements. Yeah, I definitely have to commend you going from one show straight into the next one, like four months later, and it goes to show how hard you did work as well to come in and make those improvements and to, you know, get second in your second show only four months later after placing top five in your first show is just incredible. So um, the mental discipline or the mental strength and the discipline that goes into making that happen is inspiring in itself. So well done with that. In terms of some of the things you mentioned, you mentioned the cost of, you know, competing. And I know you've done posts on this as well. And I think one of the first questions many people ask when they're looking to get into competing is what is the cost of yeah. competing? And I know you you and I are both very good at prepping on a budget. So I'd love to get your insights into the cost of it all. Yeah, 100%. So the cost can really vary depending on how much, you know, you're willing to spend and um, what sort of experience, I guess, you want to have. Um, so in my post, I did break it down into, you know, you've got your fixed cost, costs that are absolutely required that, you know, you can't get around them. So that's things like um, your registration, which for WBFF, it is a lot more expensive than other federations, but it's totally worth it. You get so much stage time and just the whole day is incredibly run and it's, it's a whole production. If you haven't watched a show or, um, you know, competed in a show, you, you wouldn't understand why that registration is a bit more expensive than um, other federations. And then you've got your tan um, and hair and makeup, which all needs to be done by the WBFF beauty team, who are absolutely amazing. So all of that on its own is just under a thousand Australian dollars. So that's like your absolute required cost that you have to spend um, and then you've obviously got things like your bikini, your heels, your evening gown, your rego night outfit, um, makeup for rego night and just um, jewellery, everything like that, that you do need to compete. Um, but the costs can really vary on those. Like I know some girls who spent up to $2,000 on a bikini or even more than that if you go for an overseas designer. Um, but you can really save costs if you, um, you know, borrow one from a friend or there's lots of secondhand pages on Facebook marketplace where you can get bikinis and heels and things that have only been worn once on stage. So no one's going to notice that they're getting out there again. Um, so yeah, definitely lots of ways that you can save costs. You could reach out for sponsorships and things like that with bikini designers. Um, same with dresses. I was really lucky to get my um, bikini dress um, and hair extensions all sponsored for the Sydney show which really helped because I was on a tighter budget for that. Um, and then on top of that, you've got things like travel, accommodation, photo shoots, um, all the extra things that you can add on. So, you know, I know some girls that will spend up to $20,000 on a competition because they go all out for everything. But I'd say if you're on a tight budget, you could probably do it, you know, $4,000 on a really tight budget. Um, coaching's another one that, is expensive, but that depends whether you've already got a coach or whether you're just getting a coach for comp prep. Yeah, totally. And I agree, like the cost can vary so much. Like I heard of women for the Gold Coast show spending, you know, $10,000 plus, and I managed yeah. to get to Australia 
uh, compete, have my accommodation, everything for much less than that. So I think it really depends on the individual. But on the other side of it, it's like, well, if you really want to do something and it's your absolute passion, I think you'll make it happen. And I mean, if you think of a fitness lifestyle and pop prep, you're not eating out, you're not going out for drinks. And so we save money by not doing all these like everyday life things that other people would often do anyway. So I think yeah. there's a little little bit of savings on that side too. One hundred percent, and especially coaching as well. Like I know when I first signed up with you, even you know before I did comp prep and things like that, um, I I questioned like investing in coaching because. It, it does seem expensive when you're not spending that money already, but then you save the money on takeaways and um, dining out and all those kind of things. And it is really an investment in yourself. And it is like truly such a minimal, minimal cost when you add it up compared to all of those other things. And just the experience and the knowledge that you gain is so invaluable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, like when you compare the pricing with me versus corporate coaching and posing coaching, like boy, oh boy, there is a massive difference between the cost of something like mine versus a competition prep coach. And yeah. that's why, you know, I do encourage people to get a coach when they start out. Like it doesn't have to be crazy expensive and you don't have to go to a corporate coach if your goal isn't to step on stage. Like yeah, exactly. I, never, I never had a coach at the start and I wish I had a coach uh, at, you know, day one, maybe, maybe I would have gone on to get top five in my first show. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm so grateful that I had a coach from day one. Like it just, just building those healthy habits from the start has, has really um, come through, you know, into my preps and made everything so much easier. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I do think like when it comes down to competition prep versus uh, normal shredding or reverse dieting and building muscle, like there's not actually a lot that's different. I mean, you share the same common habits of steps, water, sleep, nutrition, training, but it's just to a whole new level of consistency. Like you've had multiple uh, canceled shows over the past few years and you've been going for the past few years. So do you have any tips for anyone else that's looking to achieve their goals that's really struggling? Maybe they don't want to compete, but they're just struggling to stick to what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I think just to see the long-term goal and just really focus on ticking the boxes day to day. I think so many people focus on, um, you know, short-term fixes and they just want results now. But if you just tick those boxes every single day, focus on the challenges that come up each day and just, you know, show up for yourself, um, really be consistent, be compliant, um, and be accountable as well and sort of aware of your actions, then those results will actually come really quickly when you compare progress photos and small changes over a long time will add up a lot faster than, you know, short changes in yo-yo dieting, um, week to week. Yes. I love that. And also to add to that, I think so many people are focused at looking like how far they've got to go and they're like oh it's going to take me so long to achieve it but it, on the flip side of that like that time's going to pass anyway I mean for the past few years since you started your fitness journey on the squad you could have looked at it and thought like oh it's going to take me years to you know get that top three in WBFF not that you ever started out to compete anyway but like if you had just decided no it's going to take too long and you never started you wouldn't be here right now so the fact yeah. that you decided that you wanted to commit to yourself get a coach and then go on to invest in yourself and progress really shows that like it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as you just focus on the day ahead winning that day and eventually you win the week you win the month you win the year and eventually you win your pro card <laughs> 
<laughs> that's right. That's the end goal. And it's just about enjoying, you know, enjoying the journey along the way as well. Like it's, you, you just need to really love the progress that you're making, I guess. And, um, do things that you enjoy to get there because the end goal, like the actual show day, it's amazing, but it's over so fast. So if you're not enjoying prep and the actual journey to get there, or even if you're not competing and it's just, um, you know, a goal for a photo shoot or a wedding or something like that, like just, you really need to enjoy the process because that's your everyday life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it's so important to set the healthy foundations and build those habits because once show day's gone or once the wedding's done, you just go back to what you were doing before and you end up gaining the weight back and more, which leads us on to talking about post-comp. Although you went into, um, you know, another show prep and another stage, you know, four months later, how are you finding this post-comp? We're now about 10 days post-show, Yeah. Yeah, this one's a little bit different. I think the first one, the reverse diet was probably a little bit easier because I, I knew that I had to step on stage again. So I was very focused on that next goal. Um, I knew that if I blew out and gained heaps of weight and <laughs> ate all the food, then it was going to be a lot harder to prep. So I did um, really stick to it while it was hard. Um, occasionally, like two weeks post-comp, I got COVID last time. So I spent a week in the house just like, locked up with food so that was definitely a mental battle um but other than that like it was pretty easy to be honest um and then this time I really had to focus on setting the next goal to work towards and while it is you know a year out it'll be competing again um I'm just really trying to bring that same intensity through to training really um taking those boxes day to day even though it's so far away um to make the improvements that I need to and in terms of reverse dieting, I kind of took learnings from last time. I knew that I was hungry later in the day. Um, week two and three of the reverse diet was the hardest. I think your metabolism is kicking up, but your food hasn't quite increased enough yet. So I'm just having lots of lower calorie foods. So I'm still eating a lot of food, um, but just fitting in things that I enjoy um, in terms of like social situations that's when I'm having more treat food I guess so it's like the whole experience rather than keeping lots of food at home um but yeah I think just to avoid post-comp blues it really is having that next goal and keeping some kind of level of routine that you had in prep so identifying the things in prep that made you feel good and maybe just turning down the dial a little bit like you know hydration and steps and training and still hitting your protein and getting micronutrients in yeah, definitely. And I think that's really important, like remembering how good you feel on prep because you actually do, aside from the hunger towards the end of it, like you actually do feel really good. You feel productive. You're nailing all your habits. Like you're getting leaner you're, and overall you just feel good from the inside out. But then so often post not many people go the polar opposite. Everyone knows that seen my journey has seen me do that a couple of times before. And, you know, lessons learned, this post comp has been the best post comp I've had. And I feel much better for it. And I think 
one thing I'm grateful for post-comp is I've never stopped training the whole way through the past few years that I've competed. My love for training's always been there. So even when I am eating a lot, at least I'm making the most of it and training really hard and getting strong. As opposed to some people, they actually end up hating the whole process. Like it's a real drag, um, if they're, especially if they're following like a one-page meal plan. They go into the comp, they don't get the result that they thought they would get, and then they have the post-comp blues. They stop training, they stop doing steps, and all the habits go out the door. And that's where I think both you and I have the added perk of you know building the good foundation, going into a prep with a healthy relationship with food, a healthy relationship with our habits, so that coming out of comp. Even if you go back to what you were doing before, what you were doing before was already great. Yeah, that's right. And I think if you do find that yourself in that situation where, you know, you start hating training and things like that, you just need to find the elements of it that you enjoy or something slightly different to move your body and do something that you enjoy um, until you do find that joy for training again, just so that you are doing something to feel good. And, you know, you can work towards a goal that's not comp related. Yeah, I think some women on the squad will choose to work towards a photo shoot or something, which is really fun. And I know you have done your first year of photo shoots now. So in terms of getting in front of the camera and feeling confident, I saw you did a post on confidence on Instagram the other day. I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how you built your confidence and if you were confident before starting your fitness journey. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't confident before starting my fitness journey. It is something that I've built over time. Um, And you do just build that by taking action and putting yourself out of your comfort zone. So if something scares me now, like I feel excited and I think excitement and fear is almost the same thing. So if I feel excited or scared of something, it makes me want to do it more because I know that it's going to make me, I guess, grow as a person. So you know, my first photo shoot, I was so scared. It was with um, Sean Poe. I had friends that came along with me. So they were like my hype girls behind the camera. Sean was amazing at directing me. And I think that really built my confidence. And then I did five photo shoots before the April show. So just doing it over and over, I built my confidence and posing and just um, feeling comfortable with myself. And then coming into the Sydney show, I just felt so good. And happy and confident doing my photo shoots, which was amazing. And I, you know, I really did feel proud of myself, I guess, that I had grown that much. Yeah, that's amazing. I think there's a few things there for anyone that's looking to, you know, do a photo shoot for fun or uh, maybe someone's about to step on stage and they're a little bit like nervous for it or really scared, to be honest. And I think when it comes to photo shoots, like find a photographer that knows what they're doing that can direct you. If you don't feel necessarily comfortable with a male photographer, you could bring friends along or you could work with a female photographer just to kind of ease into it to help. And then the other thing you mentioned was about how you built your confidence by, you know, taking action and you built the confidence with photo shoots by just doing something that scared you and practicing. It's the same thing with posing. You build your confidence by showing up for yourself each day practicing practicing because I remember like when we first you know you obviously had been practicing posing but you and I would do calls together on Mm. zoom and do our posing leading up to April and even doing that with a friend or you going to the posing group classes is an amazing way to build confidence like we truly don't grow by like staying in the same place yeah exactly you just need to do it I remember like in New Zealand they did their first or my first WBFF posing workshop and I was so scared like I was terrified and then you know fast track um two years down the track and I'm 
turning up to posing workshops in Sydney and stepping on stage. And I just feel so confident and happy. And it's so amazing, you know, meeting so many like-minded girls. And it's cool seeing other girls grow through that process as well. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of like, you know, meeting other like-minded people, I'm sure this is something people struggle with, you know, connecting with others that are maybe on the same journey as them, because I know some people don't necessarily have fitness people in their everyday life, which is why, of course, I love the squad. But, you know, how have you found making friends through the WBFF? Because I had heard prior to competing that other federations, it's like really scary backstage and girls cannot be very nice. So what is it like, you know, being backstage of a WBFF show? It's been amazing. Like everyone is so supportive. I think, sorry, everyone's been through the same journey. Um, everyone's overcome things during prep and it's just, I think, um, you know, everyone's so happy to just be there and support each other, which is incredible. And I've made the most amazing friends through competing you know, through Instagram or backstage or through posing workshops. And I think everyone's so like-minded as well, which is so cool. Yeah, I think that is a massive win with the WBFF and that I do think that your vibe attracts your tribe and WBFF kind of stomps out like anything nasty and it kind of attracts people that are going to be kind of supportive of others. And I mean, I'm sure you are all over Instagram um, watching the WBFF Worlds over the weekend, then you see who places like, you know, top three in bikini and how they all are backstage and they all support each other. They all share each other on Instagram. And for someone to, you know, place second uh, and have nothing but absolute respect for the person that got first, it just shows like the quality of, I guess, sportsmanship in WBFF, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And I love watching other people's journeys as well. Like, even if it's someone I don't know, I feel so proud of them when they do well. Yeah, it almost, like, makes you cry when you see them get their crowns or going pro and seeing the people awarding them with that, especially if they're friends they saw in Sydney, you know, um, Taylor Hicks. I want to make sure I get everyone's names right. Taylor Hicks got to award Kayla with her, you know, pro card and considering they were first and second last year together on stage is just like such a cool thing to see so I'm super excited for you to get on stage when you do when when can people expect possibly to see you on stage next or is this a secret um so I will be on stage again in about another year I haven't announced yet what show I'll do but I will share that journey and I will announce it probably in the coming weeks I'm so excited <laughs> I am so excited for you. I'm sure everyone will be dying to know when you're next to be on stage. So in terms of any last minute things you want to say to anyone, do you have any advice for anyone or just, yeah, it's the floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, I think advice for someone wanting to compete, it sounds kind of cliche, but just know why you want to do it. You know, it needs to be, an intrinsic reason you need to want to do it for yourself not because you want other people to see you as competing or because you want more following or anything like that like you need to really want it and you need to know that it is your decision to compete so if you are going to put yourself through a prep then just really have a strong why for me it was pushing myself out of my comfort zone and now for me after competing twice it's about really improving myself and it is about you know being competitive um, with myself and making um, you know, improvements based on the feedback that I've got from judges and my coach and things like that and just working day in, day out for such um, a strong goal for me is so amazing and it's just yeah, such a cool process. So just really know your why if you want to compete. 
Yeah, awesome. And I think that also relates back to anyone that, you know, signs up for the coach or has a fitness-based goal. You have to know your why. Like, you can go, you can come to me, say, and start with me. But if you don't actually have a reason for why you want to work with me and you don't know what your goals are, like, it's going to be very hard for you to stick to a nutrition plan or a training plan if you just have no reason to. It's like anyone can give you the best plan in the world, but if you don't actually do the work and you don't show up for yourself each day, you're not going to get the results that you want. And just in my head then, I remembered something you said before. You were talking about accountability and being accountable to yourself. I feel like a lot of people don't have the ability sometimes, like they haven't learned the ability to self-reflect on the actions that they're doing or to take accountability for their actions. And this is something I actually want to talk about before we end the podcast. Uh, I think it is super important for people to be able to reflect on what they're doing each day. So in terms of your habits and in terms of you being accountable to yourself, how do you actually you know, stay accountable and reflect on how you're going over either comp prep or on your fitness journey? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that's a process that um, started through, you know, initially when I signed up with you, I'd check in every week or every two weeks and I would reflect on how the week's been and um, you would give me ways that I can improve. And that sort of, I grew on that process and I started identifying, you know, day to day or week to week, the things that I could improve on and making those changes. And I think something that I learned was to not be too hard on myself. Like I used to like put a lot of pressure on myself and get upset with myself when I'd slip up and then that would kind of send you down like a bad mental spiral I guess of you know disappointment and things like that and just not coming from a place of self-love I guess um so you need to just um I suppose be analytical and also be kind to yourself like if you're slipping up then think why am I doing this how can I improve to make sure you know tomorrow or next week is better and just keep making those little improvements and over time those really will um compound and you'll you'll start just self-reflecting um you know pretty quickly by yourself and coming up with those solutions to make improvements yeah i love that so i think like usually on a sunday i like to kind of look at like what i accomplished in the week what do i need to do next week and how am i going to get that done so this is something you can do on your fitness journey you can do it on a comp prep and then the check-ins with me are obviously fortnightly. So when you're not having a check-in with me, because I know a lot of the squad will be listening to this, when you don't have a check-in with me that week, like that doesn't mean that you can't look at what you've done for the week and reflect on it. And I think habit tracking is one of my favorite ways to do this because sometimes people might think that they're being on track, but then if they were to look at their habit tracker over the past 90 days, like how many days have you actually stuck to a deficit or how many days do you actually do posing or steps and stick to your you know, training. And I think a lot of people would be surprised that even though they think that they were doing everything right, possibly, you know, it was only four out of seven days that they had their macros or something. Yeah, 100%. And it's about making those habits, you know, easy for yourself as well. And I think that comes down to time management mainly. Like, I'll schedule out towards the end of prep. It got so busy um, just with life and work and prep and everything. Um, so I'd schedule out my week on a Sunday, like literally down to the minute, um, get everything done in the morning. And, you know, if I was struggling to get posing in, I'd just say that I'm going to do 10 minutes or 20 minutes of posing and I'd leave my heels out, like literally where I can see them when I walk through the door. So, um, you know, it was super easy just to put them on. And then once you've started, it's a lot easier to keep doing it. It's the same with, you know, going for a walk or just having a glass of water and those habits just really compound over time. 
Yeah, I think that's awesome. The tip about leaving your heels out, that's something I always do. I leave my heels out so that they're right there staring me in the face. So it's like, okay, you just need to put them on. Same with anyone that wants to get their steps and leave your shoes where you're always going to see them. Um, being prepared, like uh, making sure you lay your gym gear out the night before or for you, meal prepping. I honestly, I think you and Jess Ryan must be like the meal prep queens because your meal prep is always so on point. So would you say that you meal prep pretty much year round or mainly in your shreds or what's the plan with your meals day to day? Yeah, I think um, it is more important during my shred to have those meals prepared so I don't have to think about it because obviously if you are a little bit hungry, you might make a different decision and you need food a bit quicker. Um, when I am in, you know, a build phase, um, often we'll be eating, you know, similar food to my partner, Justin. So we'll just meal prep, like some bulk meals um, for, you know, lunch and dinner, weigh those out each day um, and then kind of change up um, snacks and breakfast and things like that. But yeah, in a shred for me, it is important to have all of my meals prepped and just ready to go. So I don't have to think about it. Yeah. You definitely don't want to not have a meal prepared when you're really angry, especially yeah. after a long day at work. No one needs that, especially not Justin. That's um, right. Going on, going on to Justin, actually, I had someone on the coaching call ask me how Ross and I handle our fitness journeys and comp prep. And you did mention that you had a supportive partner. So in terms of you going into say your first and second prep, did you and Justin have to talk about your goals or has he always been into fitness or how'd that work? Yeah. So he's always been super supportive. He's probably actually the one that um, kind of <clears throat> tipped me um, towards competing. Like I knew that I wanted to, I wanted that goal and I was kind of deciding between competing or a photo shoot. And I just, I felt um, bad about spending that much money on a comp when, you know, we were building our first house and then, you know, starting to build our second house and things like that. Like we were kind of um, focusing on, um, you know, growing in other areas of life. I felt like I was going to delay that by competing. So it was um, just talking through that, but he was super supportive and um, really convinced me that if it is, you know, something that I really want to do, then I should make that commitment. Um, and it, yeah, he's just like really helpful throughout prep. He'll, you know, heat up my dinner if I'm home late from work or um, things like that. Just super supportive. Um, and I think it is just knowing that you're, again it's your decision to prep and um you know you are on separate journeys so he'll still have all his you know treat food and things like that while I'm on prep and I just need to um, make those boundaries clear like just say you know don't give me a bite of your ice cream or something like that and <laughs> we just kind of do our own things yeah that's awesome and I think even for anyone that's just on a fat loss journey it's so common for them to be like my partner brings home fast food my partner offers me this and that and it's about seeing those boundaries and saying like you know what this is my goal to lose fat so I have more energy so I can run around with the kids can you please not offer me the fast food and understand that it's not their job to eat the same food as you because you chose that you wanted to lose weight or you wanted to compete which is super important but boy oh boy am I super grateful that both you and I lapsed in with Justin and Ross because I feel like they are really supportive so I couldn't offer much advice other than just speaking to whoever you're with if they're not supporting you on your journey because at the end of the day if someone loves you like they should want to see you succeed at whatever your goal is yeah 100% awesome yay I know you've got to get ready for work have you trained this morning yet no it's actually rest day. rest day today so I just did some steps some stretching scrolled Instagram while I was on the treadmill and then yeah gonna head off to work after this 
Awesome. Okay. I will let you go, but I will make sure that Sarah's Instagram is in the description so you guys can all go follow her. Thank you so much for joining me on this course here. I absolutely love catching up. I'm so grateful that we're friends and I'm super duper proud of you for not just getting second in your second show. Like obviously the placing is, you know, it's the icing on the cake, but for you to go from, you know, the squad to your first ever competition, getting in fifth place and then to not rebound and to go into another show and set sights for another show in a year's time is absolutely incredible so congrats on that and I'm excited to see your off-season build thank you so much I'm so grateful for all of your help at the start of my journey and then you know your ongoing friendship throughout oh thank you bye everyone we'll catch you on the next podcast bye see ya